Coming up on today's episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour, arguments. They are emotionally exhausting and they strain relationships. Today we're going to talk about how to spot an argument, what to do if you find yourself getting into one, and how to avoid them in the future. We'll talk about the motives your kids may have for arguing and some of the false expectations parents have for arguing. We're also going to discuss the differences between using gimmicks to try and get the behavior you want versus focusing on the responsibilities you actually have control of. And then we're going to share the five ways that Money Pants helps your family avoid arguments in the first place. All this and more, but first, the joke of the day. After a night of partying, three women, a redhead, a brunette, and a blonde, wake up in jail, only to find out they're going to be executed in the morning. But none of them can remember what they did the night before, and they all believe they are truly innocent. The first woman, the redhead, gets strapped into the electric chair and is asked if she has any last words. She says, I just graduated from Trinity Bible College and believe in the almighty power of God to intervene on the behalf of the innocent. They throw the switch, but nothing happens. The executioners all immediately fall to the floor on their knees, beg for forgiveness, and release her. The second one, the brunette, is strapped in and gives her last words. I just graduated from the Harvard School of Law, and I believe in the power of justice to intervene on the behalf of the innocent. They throw the switch, and again, nothing happens. And again, they all immediately fall to their knees and beg for forgiveness and release her. The last woman is the blonde, and as they strap her in, she says, Well, I'm from the University of Texas studying electrical engineering, and I'll tell you right now, y'all ain't gonna electrocute nobody if y'all don't plug this thing in. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour. We are your hosts, Hannah and Fontaine Judd, and we are the proud parents of eight sons and seven daughters, ranging in age from newborn to college student. We're both BYU graduates and the creators of Money Pants. Head on over to CaptainMoneyPants.com to learn more about what we do and what we're all about. We believe every person on this planet has been given at least one superpower to help them accomplish their unique mission in life, but... The only way to unlock those superpowers is through work <laughs> ethic. That's when greatness happens. And that's where Money Pants comes in. Money Pants is the complete tool set to cultivating work ethic in all aspects of a person's life. And today's topic is never argue. This is the third of the three nevers. We covered the other two, uh, never lie and never criticize. And now we're going to talk about never argue. And, uh, you know, maybe we should start, though, by saying welcome back. <laughs> from, from our vacation, our little trip to Yosemite. That was that was kind of fun. I enjoyed it. <laughs> well, I don't know how much never we enjoyed lie. it. Never lie. Remember the previous right. episode? Never lie. All right, so it was a little stressful. We had twin newborns in a cabin. And our kids got the stomach flu. Yep, just not... So, it, yeah, okay. <laughs> that wasn't much of a vacation, but okay. Having said that, let's get into the topic of never argue. And I think... Maybe the best way, Hannah, would just be to start off with a, an example. For instance, how about a, there's a mom who asks her teenage daughter to clean up a spill made by her younger brother. And this is how it would go. It would be um, something like, uh, Nancy, will you please wipe up that mess in the kitchen? Why me, mom? Because I asked you to. And already the mom's getting a little irritated. And Nancy says, well, I'm busy. Mom says, I don't care if you're busy. I asked you to clean up that mess. Can't you just clean up the mess? Mom, I have things to do. I don't have time to clean up messes after other people. I didn't make the mess. And the mom says, I know you didn't. Your younger brother did, but he's down for his nap right now. And I'd like you to clean it up, please. And Nancy says, well, I don't want to. And I'm not going to. 
Now, okay, something said, mom says, excuse me? You know, the, the tension's rising here a little bit. Yes, you are. And Nancy says, no, I'm not. You always ask me, it's not fair. I'm not doing it. Go ahead and make me. The mom says, oh, I'll make you all right. <laughs> and then mom does, and then at this point, you know, because the, the tension has risen and they, they get more and more irritated and aggravated, mom does something she regrets. You know, maybe she grabs Nancy's purse from her, throws it on the ground or, or you know, breaks something, of, snatches her phone away or something like that. And mom, mom does something that she regrets. Or maybe she rips her coat. I don't know. And mom does something she regrets. That's, that's an argument. That's a... Yeah, you say or do something that's... That you were going to regret. Yeah. In, in, a fit of, nice. in a fit of rage or anger. So let, let's kind of, let's get into that. Let's, let's talk about like, well, first we have to say, what do we mean by arguing? Because uh, there are different definitions. For example, you can find definitions where, oh, a discussion's different than debate, different than arguing, mm-hmm. different than fighting. When we're using the word arguing here, we're talking about fighting. You right. know, where, where people are getting nasty. Well, okay, so the dictionary definition that we're going to use to define arguing is uh, exchange or express diverging or opposing views in a heated or angry way. And I want to I point out that's the key, is it, for, for it to be an argument, there's got to be anger. That, that's our definition. That's our working definition of basically any time you're having a discussion with somebody and anger is brought in, <clears throat> It's no longer a discussion. It's an argument. As soon as anger comes in, and this applies especially to parents, if you find yourself getting angry, you're in an argument. It's, it's really that you're, simple. You're hooked in. Yep. Um, but it's, it's that angry resistance to a request. Uh, it's, it basically, it's a power struggle. It's a fight. Um, um, it also, when you're responding and your responses start becoming personal, and become insulting to mm-hmm. the other person, like you're you're trying to upset the other person or insult them or put them in their place, mm-hmm. and and it, it becomes very personal. Right, where you're you well, know, you're basically attacks. you're using you're kind of using manipulate I mean, manipulative techniques to to kind of force them to do what you want. Yeah, well, you're no longer discussing something going on. You're you're making personal attacks, personal attacks. on the other person, which normally happens when you're angry. Yeah. So, and I, I should well, clarify. I mean, you can be angry. There's nothing wrong with feeling angry. It's what you do about that anger that, because mm. uh, you can say, I feel angry right now. There's nothing wrong with feeling angry. There are times that you should feel angry. It's when you, you end up uh, losing control of yourself where you're saying or doing things right. that... It's the lack of your uh, control. Yeah, you've lo- when, you lose with, control in yourself, yourself where you start saying things or doing things that that you, if you were calm, you wouldn't be doing. And I, and I also want to clarify, what, when we're talking about arguing, we're just going to focus on parents and arguing with kids and kids arguing with parents. So we're not going to focus on kids arguing with each other. Having, yeah. We actually, we, we discussed that in a previous podcast where uh, the, the five steps of becoming a peacemaker in the home and also resolving concerns and issues during family council. Mm-hmm. We've already kind of covered that. So, but today we really just wanted to cover how to avoid getting sucked into arguments with your kids. And this can be any age group. This can be, you know, your, your four-year-old could try to start an argument with you all the way up through, you know, your 18 or 19-year-old kids still living at home. Yeah. Everybody in the family will try out this technique well, of arguing. some people, I mean, different parts of the country, different cultures, you know, within our country call it different things. Some people call it talking back. Oh, you know, where smack there's talk. the Talking yeah, back. where there's yep. the the disrespect. Disrespect. Yep. Yeah. So, but basically, 
the, the I think the easiest definition of of arguing is just fighting. Yeah. It, that that's it. That's what it boils down to. So we're going to use those words interchangeably. So, uh, what 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 would have been a better approach to that example I just gave, where the mom wanted the daughter to clean up a mess made by her younger brother? Which it's true, it's not her job per se. But the mom needed it done. The mom couldn't do it. She needed some help. She asked the daughter, what would have been a better approach? And a, I, this, well, the easiest would be, if you're using money pants, mom should have said, Nancy, would you like some quick points? I mean, right off the bat, she's reframed it. So yeah. it's, uh, hey, hey, Nancy, can want... I pay you to do a, a quick job for me? Yeah. Mom, can I, uh, Nancy, can I pay you to clean up this mess? Your brother broke a vase and I'm worried someone's going to step on it and, and maybe cut themselves, you know? Yeah, but I, I can't clean it up right now because I'm on a, a business call or I'm... I'm in the middle of making dinner yeah, and I can't I'm going to burn the, dinner yeah. and... Yeah, can you do this because I don't want somebody to get hurt? That way, if Nancy says no, mom can then say, oh, okay, well, I won't pay you, but I still would like you to clean it up. And all of a sudden, Nancy's like, dang it, I missed an opportunity to make some money. I was foolish. Hopefully that'll be enough. But then if Nancy continues, you know, and, and by the way, at that point, mom's completely in control of her own emotions. Yeah, she's not. She has made no personal attacks on mm-hmm. Nancy, um, Nancy's attitude or Nancy, anything. It's mm-hmm. just, this is what I would like. Would you do this? She's asking for what she wants. It's very direct. It's very straightforward. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm willing to pay you for it. Okay, if you're not willing... I still expect you to do it. This is all very straightforward. Mom saying what she wants. No manipulation. Uh No personal attacks. And if Nancy's still, after mom says, I'm not going to pay you, but I still want you to clean it up. And then if Nancy still hasn't figured out that mom's serious, then, you know, she comes up with, you know, some sort of snotty retort like, I don't want to, or, or I don't have time, or this is stupid. Then mom can say, well, you know what? If you don't say yes, mom, and get right to work, I'm going to have to give you a fee. Please don't make me give you a fee. Yeah, I don't want to give you a fee, but I will. Yeah, and is mom still in control of her own emotions? Is yeah. mom getting angry? Nope, sure isn't. <sighs> so, And at that point, who's the one that has the problem? Who, the ball is in whose court now? Yeah. It's, it's in the it's daughter's court. It, it, well, what do you want? Do you want to clean this up? Now you're not going to get paid for it. Do you want to, get, do you want to clean it up and, for free or do you want to pay to clean it up because I'm going to give you a fee? Yeah, and and we and so, then, and so and if if the daughter mm-hmm. continues and you know for whatever reason the mom can say okay well man that I was really hoping that it wouldn't come to this but now go go give me a dollar and the daughter's like I don't damn I'm resting fracking I don't hate this is so stupid I don't get why do you always blah 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 the mom says oh man if if you keep this up I'm gonna it's gonna it's double gonna double and the daughter and if the daughter still doesn't get it the mom says okay now it's. Two more dollars, so go, go get me three dollars. And if the daughter continues, for whatever reason, maybe she's completely lost I'm her mind. I'm not paying you a dime, you know. If, if mom that's... says, well, you know, you're so stupid and I hate you and mm. yeah, all those all those things. Well, mom can say, wow, boy, that, this disappoints me. It just doubled you're again. Grounded. It yeah. doubled again. Yeah. It's now four dollars plus the two plus one. Go get me seven dollars and you're done for the day. Go relax in your room. Go give me the money, and then you're going to yeah, be you're... no more, no activities tonight. You're done because that's it. Three strikes, and you're out. Is mom upset? Is there anger? Is there any per? Has mom lost her temper? No. Is mom... Has mom said anything she regrets, or has she been extreme in any way? No. These are things that were set up ahead of time. They're on the app. They're calculated. It, it, even the fees have an end. Three mm-hmm. strikes, you're out. And and after that, it's just okay. You're, 
You're on time out. And if there are privileges associated with fees, like movie night or social outings on the weekend, it's even it's that layered consequence, too, that we've talked about in the past, where hopefully those are enough to deter arguing with the kids. Yeah. But if not, if the kids want to continue, there are these consequences set up, and they have very specific rules. And 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 But the thing is, is the mom and dad don't have to get upset, right. don't have to get angry, and don't have to get sucked into the argument. And we're going to talk about that in a yeah, second. Yeah, no, if um, in this case with Nancy, if she was like, you know what, I'm not paying you money. I'm not paying you $3. I'm not doing that. Well, it, all you do is you enter in on the app. You know, if she goes all the way up to $7 and says, I'm not paying it, you enter into the app that she spent $7 and it was for a fee. And instead of saying like she paid for it, say the family paid for it. And then it'll show up. And so then what will happen on payday is, uh, you know, oh, wait, I'm here paying you money, but wait a minute, you owe. Yeah, you're not getting paid till this debt is taken care of. And so, you know, but the thing is, is all this is set up ahead of time. So So you don't have to engage in an argument of, you know, about something stupid and ruin the relationship. It's, It's something you've discussed in family council. It's what the rules are. And it's Nancy's decision. You're like, okay, this will happen if you do this. This will happen if you do that. This is what I expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have to, because once you start getting angry and start debating with her and, and getting all into, well, you should do well, it because and the emotions cloud your I judgment. cleaned up after yep. you and, you know, you did this and you did that. Instead of getting into that, because once you become angry with them and start um, doing these below the belt, disrespect, mm-hmm. it, it, you become disrespectful as well, mm-hmm. then they're justified in acting how they're acting. Right. Um, but you've become a little kid. You're on the same level. You've become a little kid. And I, this has happened to me so many times because I, I have kids who are, uh, certain kids who are really good at arguing. <laughs> and my husband would be like, why are you arguing with him? Like, you sound like you're in junior high or something. And, and I'm like, well, I don't know how to not argue with them. And... Like, they said this, and that, and my blood just started boiling, and, you know. And, that, and that's what we're going to talk about. That's the key. Yeah. Right there is before Be, your blood you pressure rises, before you get that. You have ahead of yes. time. And that's and, the key. And, and anticipate this ahead of time, and then you don't get um, pulled down into this lower level argument thing where it's it's not mature, it's not respectful, and so you have to stay focused on, okay, what am I supposed to be doing? Right. What's my responsibility right. here? My responsibility is to be the mom. And here's what I'm, here's the process I'm going to follow through with. And that's what, the, those are the tools that I have. And it's already set up. It's already in place. Now, the trick is remembering it when your blood pressure starts going up. You'll be like, okay, what was it that I was supposed to do? Right. Well, <laughs> so, okay. So, but you mentioned a couple of the keys. Uh-huh. From this first example, some of the keys, number one, nip it in the bud. Oh, yeah. Don't let it go don't on. Let, don't do not let it. Don't. A lot of times, and for some reason, this is a mentality is, oh, a little bit of argument's okay. And I'll, I'll, I'll tolerate it. Like, you're not trying to train it, your tolerance for pain 
and arguing. That's that's not what you're about. Well, actually, you- um, when we were preparing for this podcast, I started Googling people's ideas about arguing and arguing with kids. And there are a lot of things, oh, this is how you don't argue. This is how you don't argue. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because none of the articles really agreed with each other. But one art- article was even how to argue with your children. And in the article, it was like, oh, it's good for kids to argue with their parents because it teaches them when they go out in the real world how to argue and, and, and how to stand up for themselves. And, you know, they had a whole bunch of other stupid ideas, but this idea that they need to learn to argue and negotiate with their parents at home so they can, you know, succeed in the real world. Right. And th- when t- our definition of arguing is when you get nasty with other people and um, you're fighting and... Which is what an ins- argument is in the And home. you're insulting yeah. the other person and becoming angry with them. That's not a discussion. That's not negotiating. Like, no, if, no, if try, it, try, try that at work. Yeah, yeah. Try going to your boss next time and saying, hey, you loser. <laughs> I hate you. You haven't given me a raise and this workplace stinks. And, you know, see how responsive your boss is to that. Yeah, see if that works out. Yeah, see if that works out for you. The, the, those are not negotiating skills. Those are not, you know, business skills that are going to serve your child well in the future. Instead, they need to learn to ask politely for the things that they want, and also and use persuasive tactics. Yeah, in the in the right <clears throat> time frame too. That's the other thing is timing. Yeah. Well, I watched the the, the master class with Chris Voss, and he's teaching business negotiation skills. And he's like, instead of going into your boss and saying, "Hey, I want a raise, and I've done all this for the company, and this is why you should give me a raise." says, no, you walk in and you say, hey, how can I bring more value to this company? Mm-hmm. What can I do to bring more value? And, and so and that's negotiating. And all of a sudden, you're, you got your boss's attention. And the boss is like, you know, oh, well, we need this and we need this and we need this. Yeah, if you do these things, I absolutely, I'd be willing to give you a raise. That's what you want to teach your kids to do. Yeah. Hey, mom and dad, I'd like to go to the movies this weekend. What could I do to make that possible. Well, what parent wouldn't jump yeah. at that? Yeah, those are negotiating skills, but saying, Mom, you never let me do anything, and you, you're trying to control me, and blah, 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 you're a jerk. Can I go to the movies? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, nope. those are not negotiating skills. Those are being rude skills. So a couple, just a couple of uh, quick notes on that first scenario we presented. Number one, nip it in the bud. Number two, be respectful. Number three, set boundaries. And like we've said, all this should be set up ahead of time in family council. Number four, and this is key, don't engage. Meaning don't allow yourself to get angry because as soon as you allow yourself to get angry, you've engaged. And now now you're going to do things and say things that you're going to regret <clears throat> on multiple levels. And then yeah, the last no, is... No, no, no. With that, though, if you find yourself getting angry, one of the tips that I, I did read in um, when I read all these articles about arguing, mm-hmm. it was don't answer right away. Right. Like, let there be some Because you know what? The kids could go through... They could go to, for the throat. Like, right away. It could catch you off guard. 
Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. And they can say some things where, you, yeah, you're not answering with your mouth anymore. You're like, <laughs> what just came out of your mouth? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the tips was to just slow it down. Well, you've heard that before. Slow count, it down. Count, don't. Count down from 10. No, don't give an answer right away because. Because no, you, in your head, count if down you're, from ten. If you just let your instinct go and and give the first response, you know you have to go. Okay, what am I supposed to do? Well, it, again, <laughs> because you're trying to avoid making rash decisions when you're in the heat of the moment when you're angry. And I remember hearing about a football coach, a famous football coach, years ago, who when play calls wouldn't go the way he wanted, the, the refs would miss an important call or something wouldn't go the way he wanted. It's just so easy to get angry because it's such heightened emotions already. It's a championship game. Maybe it's the Super Bowl. You know, a lot of eyes are on you. A lot of pressures on you. A lot of emotions going on. And he made the, he made it the rule. Anytime something didn't go his way, he would count to ten silently in his head. He'd count to ten, and for some reason that was enough time for him to be able to collect himself enough to go. Okay, well. We're going to do this instead, or this is what I want to see happen. And it was just that little trick that he used. And I think that there's value there. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe just say, I'm going to take five deep breaths, you know, of counting. Just some guy for me, I, if I get a drink of water and breathe for a little bit, I calm down. And so sometimes like if I'm getting upset, I have to just walk over, get a drink of water. By the time I'm done drinking the water, I'm ready to, to, it helps me calm down. Right. So, so you know, it, just tricks like that that just, it, it, it's something to give yourself a little bit of breathing room so, you, so you're not getting sucked into it. Now, you don't get sucked into arguments. I do. And I, I get more emotional and, and more, oh, you said that about me? My feelings are hurt, you know? And I get sucked into the arguments a lot And everybody's easier. different. Everybody yeah. is different. Um, okay, so example number two. And this is, you know, son comes to his dad and says, Dad, can I have the car this weekend? And the dad says, uh, well, what did we talk about last time? Or, you know. Yeah, what, what makes you think I'd even consider that? Because, and right off the bat, the dad's already upset because the father and the son already had this discussion a few days ago. Yeah. And just a little bit of backstory, the dad had already told the son no because... The son had not followed one of the rules. Anyway, so the son says, the, or the dad says, no, we, are, we already talked about this. I don't know why you'd even, I don't know why you're what even asking. What makes you think I'd yeah. be even considering that? And the son says, well, why not? And the dad says, because last time you brought the car home without gas and I had to get go get gas and it made me late for my meeting. And I told you if you did it again, you couldn't use the car next weekend. And the son goes, but, but, but dad, this is the weekend we're going to the cabin with my friends. Seriously, not cool. Yeah, you know, Dad, <laughs> not cool, Dad. And the dad says, well, you, you should have thought about that before you brought the car home without gas. And see how the dad's blood pressure's starting to rise here? You know, Well, you should have thought about that. Yeah, you, know? you should have thought about that before you brought the car home without gas, young man. And the son says, Dad, that's so st- stupid and unfair. Oh. And Dad says, how's that stupid and unfair, huh? You're the one who didn't put gas in the car after you agreed you would. See, see how the argument is you know, already already pointing fingers back and forth. Yeah. And the dad's blood pressure is rising. And the son has him right where you he lied. wants him, by the way. And the son <laughs> says, you're going to make me miss this trip with all my friends. And the dad says, what? It's not my problem. Yeah, How's that my fault? You didn't bring the car home without yeah. gas. And the son says, I hate this family. 
And the dad says, excuse me? And here's the dad is, you know, working, you know, two jobs, trying to put food on the table and sacrificing all this for his children. And his son says something like that. He buys his kids so many things and does so much for the family. And And the son has things his dad never had. And, you know, the designer jeans and the nice football cleats and going to a good school and access to the family car, you know. So the dad's like, excuse me. And the son says, well, just because you don't have any friends, you want to make it so that I don't have any friends. I hate you for that. Whoa. Whoa. And dad. Okay. Dad, his blood pressure's through the roof. And he goes, get your bum to bed. Or better yet, get out of my house. You know? And then the son. Which might be a good idea. Because. Well, one of them them probably should leave. Probably one of them needs to leave. But then the son, it keeps escalating and says, what are you going to do, old man? Make me? Your skinny little white behind is going to do what? You know, here's this, you know, 50-something-year-old dad against his 18-year-old, you know, 220-pound linebacker son. The son knows his dad can't enforce his words. And he's just, he's egging him on. He's trying to get him angry. And we'll talk about this in a second so that he can get what he wants. Anyway, and so the dad says, give me the, give me the keys. Give me the car keys. And the son says, no, I'm going to the party and you can't stop me. Oh now, my. here's the thing is I, I was I was reading arguments that uh, people actually have with their kids, like mm-hmm. um, because people would write articles about not arguing with their kids. And then people underneath would go, hey, I just had this argument and mm-hmm. it went like this and help. What am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. How you know, how sh- what should I have done? Or and it was interesting. But a lot of these things, uh, this is kind of a typical argument unfortunately the whole you don't have any friends like insulting the parents and and taking like really low blows at the parents uh to get what they want well we're going to talk about that in a second why ah, the kids do that we're going to talk about that and so the relationship is getting hurt Mm -hmm. both ways this isn't a good thing this isn't a positive thing and this isn't something that's going to help them in their future when they're married or on the job or anything. So this is definitely not something you um, want going on. Well, let's talk about that. So I guess that kind of begs the question, is arguing bad? Like, aren't there times... Aren't there times when it's okay to argue? And we talked about it already where there are some blogs that suggest it's even a good idea to teach your kids to argue. And we really disagree with that. There's never a time where you want arguing in the home. You you never want um, disrespect. Because arguing teaches your kids to argue and to disrespect you. Because that, again, going back to the definition of arguing, it's disagreeing and trying to change the outcome through anger. Yeah, and, uh, and you see that you see that, that a lot um, on the internet when people, you know, post comments. They're very rude and disrespectful yeah. to other people, and yeah, that that is the reality of our world today. But let's not contribute to that ugliness. You really you know? think you're going to change somebody's opinion too by insulting them? No, and it, it just brings brings well, everybody it, down. Yeah, and we well, it brings a so arguing in the home. It brings a bad spirit into the home, but. Going back to the whole team locker room, you know, you're part of a team. There's this, this, you know, you want this camaraderie and this unity. Arguing does the opposite. It breaks down the unity in the home. It breaks down the, the team unity. It breaks down. It, it it doesn't work in the workplace either. It doesn't work at home. It doesn't work on this in, in sporting events, and it certainly doesn't work in the in the in the workplace where 
uh, you know, how, how teaching your kids to fight is and teaching them to argue is is a bad thing across the board. Where how how would that work on the basketball court? How would that work on a football team? You know, the coach gives a, ch- a play. Okay, play call. You know, go do that. Go run this play. And uh, three of the players go. I'm not going to do that. And you're stupid. And this is dumb. And why do you always make that call? And it's like. First of all, you'd run out of timeouts really quickly because there's all this arguing going on on the side. And you've seen teams like that where they yeah. argue with each other. And are those the successful ones? No, they're usually the worst team. They're usually in the, the worst teams. Yep. Infighting is what we call it. Where And same with business. Where in I, I had an experience when I first moved to Hollywood where I got a, the first job I could get was at a studio. And one of the guys... One of, one of the stage, I don't know what they're called now, the, the guys that move all the equipment around. He wasn't an engineer. Oh, I can't remember the name of it. But he, he would mess with one of the other, I think they're called foremans. He would mess with one of the, some of the other workers and go hide his equipment places. And, and they were just, they were always fighting and arguing constantly, trying to get at each other. And Which is really childish. It was it's very, very childish, immature. But it was really hard to deal with. And it was exhausting because I was one, one of the people that had to deal with it. And it just brought a bad vibe into the workplace. You didn't want to be there. You didn't like anybody. And it carries over. You're like, when you're angry at one person, you're still angry even though another person wasn't involved. But they kind of get draw- sucked in too. It's like, oh, what's the, what's the image? It's, it's like tar. And you get tar in your hands and it just spreads everywhere. Same idea where anger and arguing is just kind of this disease that spreads. So we, uh, and that's just it. I think... Going back to the dad and the son, where the dad had already had the discussion with the son that he couldn't use the car because of the son didn't follow the rules, and the so so the son's now going to try to argue with the dad. And <laughs> I, I'm sorry, you reminded me of the natural where he goes, "Losing is a disease. Losing is a disease as <laughs> deadly as the bubonic plague." <laughs> Oh, that yeah, little weasel. We replace that in with um, arguing. arguing. It is, though. It's true. It is. You want unity in the home. It, definitely. It, it is contagious, though. But the, going back to the dad, though, where, where he, you know, he, I think the son in that scenario knew that dad would never lie. And so what's the son's motive with our, uh, uh, when, when arguing with his dad? What, what's the son trying to accomplish? And that's just it. A lot of times kids have these ulterior motives for arguing. And the son may just be upset that dad said he couldn't use the car. And so the son's trying to get his dad mad, maybe maybe to get a pound of flesh. You know, I'm going to punish dad for punishing me. That's one reason why kids will argue. Another reason kids will argue is maybe they just enjoy <laughs> watching parents get upset. Maybe it's fun to them. Maybe it's enjoyable to watch dad blow his stack. I can't take it. And listen to what fun dad words dad comes up with. I don't know. Or maybe they've been able to talk their parents out of something before right only oh, the parents yeah. have taught them oh you can negotiate consequences yeah, sometimes this works yeah so <laughs> that, but another reason kids kids may argue though just you know here's the very common one we've seen this hannah where kids will argue with their parents and try to get their parents angry angry enough that the parents do something that they regret and then the kid feels justified in going off and doing the very thing that they weren't supposed to and the parent feels guilty and everybody everybody loses because the kid does something they shouldn't be doing and the parents did something they didn't want to do and that they regret. But kids will use that tactic where they will, it's a very manipulative tactic where they will do something, try to get their parents angry enough so that the parents say or do something that the parents regret 
and the kid then feels justified in going off and doing whatever it was they wanted or getting out of the consequences or whatever. So kids have a lot of motives to argue. And that's just it. Here's, here's interesting. Uh, when it comes to arguing, you're never going to win. I know parents think, oh, I won that argument. I told him what for and I da-da-da-da. But at what cost? You argued with your son or daughter. You won the argument. But at what cost? Now your relationship is garbage. You have sacrificed your relationship to win an argument? What a horrible example. What a, what a horrible result that is. So it doesn't matter how you, how you phrase it. You will never win an argument in the long run. Well, and you want to teach that to your kids because here they are, you know, testing this boundary of, hey, mm-hmm. uh, maybe they saw it in a movie. Maybe they saw kids at school do this. Oh, yeah. The, this behavior has been, been modeled by their friends at school. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and so maybe they're like, huh, I'm going or, to test this out. I don't know, TV shows and movies. Oh, yeah. Constantly. In fact, portray kids. In fact, as, if you want to cut down on arguing, be careful on what media. You oh, we had a great podcast modeling. on that. Yeah, yeah because absolutely. that actually perpetuates it, like it or, or really gives that idea that oh, this is what you yeah. do and this is okay and this is what people do. No, we did that whole podcast on on media and yeah. the importance of what media you allow in your home for sure. Yeah. So um, anyway, you also want to teach your kids what you just said of hey. You're, what you're saying right now is hurting my feelings, mm. and so you want this thing, and but at what cost yeah. to sacrifice the relationship so that people around right. you? What a great lesson that teaches your yeah. kids too. Hey, yeah. you arguing with me is actually you are sacrificing our relationship. Yeah, and and so so it's, so it's, it's a two way street. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's them sacrificing their relationship, but you don't. You know, um, that's yeah. their decision, but it's. You're t- this is a teaching opportunity. Hmm. Say, hey, you know what? There's a time and a place to discuss things, and but there's also a way to do it. Right. That's and, appropriate. And by not arguing, you are modeling the correct way yeah. of, of dealing with, yeah. with these Yeah, there's sorts an of appropriate way to yeah. go about if you have a difference of opinion or you want something or there's some sort of conflict. There's an appropriate way to approach that. Mm-hmm. But this name calling, putting someone down, manipulating, personal uh, um, invectives. No, yeah. you need to be direct. You need to be polite. Uh, you need to say how you feel, what you want. And ask for it. Also, and and be respectful if the other person disagrees with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and ideally, this happens in family council. Yes. Typically, you know it's going to be an argument if the kid brings it up at the moment when the consequence is being implemented. That's normally a good sign that it's probably going to be an argument. Yeah. And when they call you names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those two clues are really, really great. But on the flip side, though, sometimes parents argue. With they have these false expectations where parents will argue with their kids. They will get in a fight with their kids. They'll get sucked into it and they'll argue with, and they have all these different false expectations that if I argue with my kid, maybe my kids will admit they're wrong. Or if I argue with my kids, maybe the kids will be like, wow, dad, never thought of that before. What a great point you just brought up. Gee whiz, I'm going to go tell the guys. (laughs) My dad's so smart. You know, Parents, I don't know if they if they just, maybe this is fantasy world or if it's subconscious, but they, they think maybe, maybe by arguing and fighting with their kids. By getting that, nasty back to yeah, your kids. Yeah, their kids somehow will glean these great truths and they won't. It never works. These are falsehoods. Um, sometimes parents hope that the kids will feel bad 
for the parent when they're arguing. And somehow they'll come around and be like... And, and by feeling bad, they, they meaning like, oh, oh, look, mom's getting mad. Oh, yeah, I should probably stop. I should probably I should prob- stop. Mom's upset. Maybe I shouldn't argue anymore. <laughs> I'm upsetting my parents. No, it doesn't work that way. A lot of times that's why they're doing yes. it. <laughs> they're hoping you'll get upset. But, but parents will get sucked into an argument with these false expectations that somehow when you're arguing with your kids, the kids will suddenly come around and go, oh, wow, dad, mom, I, I never thought of, you know, your values are absolutely right. What was I thinking? I shouldn't be going to this party where there's going to be drugs and alcohol. Gee whiz, you guys are such great parents. <laughs> or, or sometimes and parents hope, oh, well, if I argue with my kid long enough, maybe they'll finally go, oh, yeah, uh, you'll finally convince them. Or, or, What's even more of a fallacy, this fantasy world, is parents hope that by arguing with their kids, the kids will turn around and go, gee whiz, mom and dad, thank you. Thank you for finally setting me straight. What was I thinking before? Yeah, and and this could happen if you're having a discussion and you're expressing your love and you're teaching them what it is and what your motives for. But it never happens when you're arguing. When you're arguing and you're being disrespectful to the other person, Mm -hmm. none of that's going to come across. They're not going to be open to listening to what you have to say because you're acting like you don't even like them. Well, think of a good way to think of it is at the you know there are a couple of kids and they're fighting at the park and then all of a sudden they stop and go, oh wait. You were right. What was I think? Thank you. And they shake hands and walk away. Does that ever happen? Does that ever happen where one kid is pummeling another kid and then the other kid's pummeling the other one back and then all of a sudden they both stop and one says, oh, wait, you were right. At that fifth hit to the face convinced me that you were right. And I, ah, that was a foul on the basketball court. You're absolutely right. Okay, let's go back to the game. No, that, that's a that's fantasy world. That's not how it works. Well, some parents have that idea that fighting in the home and arguing in the home is going to end the same way, where the kid's suddenly going to, oh, I get it now. Gee whiz, mom, dad, thanks. And it doesn't work that way. So don't argue. Um, a better approach to this father-son conversation would have been something along these lines, where the son goes to the dad and says, dad, can I have the car this weekend? And the dad, remember, the dad and the son have already had this conversation, and it's already clear that the son cannot, but the son conveniently, quote-unquote, forgot, knowing full well that his dad had already said no. But the son goes to the dad and says, Dad, can I have the car this weekend? The dad could have said, oh, so you're asking me if you can have the uh, use the car this weekend? Is that right? See how the dad's actually parroting back to the son, making sure he's clear on what the son's request is, open communication, and and the son feels understood. Like, oh, yeah, okay, dad understands what I'm asking. And the son says, yeah, yeah, can I? And the dad says, man, I was really hoping you wouldn't ask again. Remember what I said would happen if you asked again? And the son gives a sheepish look, and the dad says, go give me a dollar. You know, that's a fee. Because the son knew he wasn't supposed to ask again. There, There have to be consequences for arguing. You have to set those up in family council after a decision is made, and if you continue to argue, if you continue to badger, if you continue to, to harass mom and dad, it will be a fee every time. And this dad would have addressed it correctly. Okay, the son says he wants to borrow the car, but we've already talked about it. So I'm going to iterate back to him, maybe give him a chance to get out of it. Say, oh, you, you want to borrow the car? Are you sure that's what you're asking, son? And the son says, yeah, yeah, can I? And the dad goes, yeah, you remember what I said? You remember, I don't lie. So you remember what I said would happen if you... 
continued to ask. And the son now goes, oh, yeah, huh? Hoping maybe dad wouldn't follow through. Maybe that he doesn't quite entirely trust his dad. But it's getting there where the son's finally starting to come around and go, yeah, dad never lies. And here's another example. And he gives him the fee. You know, that, was there any anger there? Did the dad get angry? Was the dad about to blow a, blow a gasket? Was the dad about to pommel his son? Was the dad about to, to kick him out of the kick house? Kick him out of the house again? No. The dad was calm as a summer's morn. It, well, it, it's because he, he nipped it in the bud. Yes. And nipped that's one, it in the bud. one of those principles do not get sucked into an argument. Mm-hmm. And it's quite possible the son, his motive for asking the dad if he could borrow the car was to get the dad's blood pressure to boil. Because he knows how upset that makes his dad. Well, um, let's say in a different scenario, um, let's say the dad hadn't set up. The dad had instead said, hey, you have to get this stuff done in mm-hmm. order to to, to go. Right. And uh, so the son asks and says, hey, so can, um, hey, can I have the keys to the car? And the dad goes, well, uh, we talked about this. And I said, you could have the keys to the car uh, under what condition? Mm-hmm. Well, I had to get my homework done and, you know, mow the lawn and get my job done every day. Mm-hmm. Well, did you do that? No. Okay. Well, that was our agreement. And so you know what the answer is. Mm. Oh, Dad. Well, you know, but I, I just missed this one day or those two days. And mm-hmm. uh, say, nevertheless, what we agreed on was this. And if I back out of it now, I would be lying, which we talked about. You don't lie. Mm-hmm. So I'm really disappointed because I know you really wanted to go. And you can genuinely feel sorry am, for them for the decisions so they made. Sorry. Yeah. I am so sorry, but but the answer is no, that you knew what you had to do mm-hmm. in order to, to earn this and and unfortunately the answer is no. Yeah. Um now it, it goes, Oh, but you know, blah blah say if you continue, I'm gonna uh, it'll be a fee. It'll be a fee. Yeah. And that, Hannah, that's one of the keys right there is you have to set it up. If you continue, it will be a fee. And then here's the funny thing. If they continue, you're like, well, okay, that's a fee. And it's a small price to pay for your sanity. Yeah. It's like they're paying you just a, just a little bit so that, you know, when you accept that, you're like, you know what? The, the, the emotional turmoil you caused me. It's worth yeah. this, this small so amount. So once like you've made a final decision on something mm. and once uh, y- you have all your information or something was set up and you can't, you know, go out, you know, you set up a, a reward or a consequence like mm-hmm. that. And, and we talked about that in the never lie where you got to be careful with what you say and the, the things that you set up. You don't want to be rash when you're setting things up. You don't want to say if you don't have, if you're not perfect this week, you can't use the car. That's a little extreme. Yeah, it needs to be something it, like you need to do your jobs. You need to get these things done, and you have to get all your homework assignments turned in, or, yeah, yeah, or something you, you like gotta that. You got to watch what comes know? out of your mouth when you set it up to begin with. But then once you've set it up and everybody's agreed, stick to yeah. your guns. Yeah, say absolutely. And, you can use the car. Here's what I would expect. And kids will engage in argument in the in the attempt to get you to change your mind. Yeah, to to, to get you to 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 actually uh, manipulate you out of that. Yeah, and so... And, but, but if you do that, you're going to teach them... If you, if you give in, you're going to be teaching them to to, um, to negotiate consequences, yeah. which is what you well, don't the, want. Yeah, and, and you teach them that your word doesn't mean anything. And we mm-hmm. talked about in our last podcast about never lying, but this one is, okay, you're not going to lie, but don't 
don't, when you're implementing that never lying, the next part is don't, don't allow, when you're trying to stick to the never lying thing, don't let this uh, torture process go on. So that's what this, this is about is where you're, you've made a final decision Mm -hmm. and you have all the evidence or, or it was something agreed on ahead of time and it was very reasonable you need to nip it in the bud. You don't want it to turn into this argument thing afterwards. Right. And that has to be nipped into the, in the so bud. Because so many problems that, come from that's that. That's not a discussion at that right. point. The discussion already happened yep. beforehand. Yep. The discussion is over. The decision is made. It's after that point. If it, 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 After that, it's harassment. Yeah. And 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 it's and gonna, how much of that do you want? It in your causes home? stress for you, the parent. It's um, it and it always damages the relationship. And it teaches your kids wrong things. Yeah, because your kids gonna say things because they're they're trying to get what they want. Chances are they're gonna say things that are going to hurt your feelings, even and, if you and, don't, even if you don't retaliate. And that they're going to regret. Yeah, that they're gonna regret. So it's just better to just. Nip that in the bud. Say, hey, this this conversation is over. If you continue it, there are there are consequences for right. that, because at that point it's no longer a discussion; it's harassment. Right. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the arguing do's and don'ts, and we'll start with the do's. So, when trying to avoid arguing, uh, a really good one of the great do's, and we've talked about this, is uh, explain to the kids that it's okay to question authority, but uh, this is a Frank and Ernest com- uh, cartoon I saw years ago, where it said, question authority, but raise your hand first. Mm-hmm. My economics teacher had on her board, question authority, dot, 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 politely. <laughs> exactly, and, and make sure the kids understand that you want that open and honest communication, but like you said, Hannah, at the right time and in the right way. Yeah, well, and they're they're unique individuals. They're becoming adults. They're going to have different ideas. They're going to have different opinions. Thank goodness. They're, yeah, they're they're you unique You want to encourage people. that, and um, and we talked about how to hold family council and how to recognize that and to appreciate everybody's mm-hmm. differences. But it has to be done in a respectful way. Yeah, and and it is okay for you to demand that. People are like, oh, that's controlling. Yeah, you got to have respect in this house. Well, absolutely, absolutely, you should have respect. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you can't have a difference of opinion. It doesn't mean that you can't ask for the things that you want. That's not controlling. That's not controlling. You won't always get your way. But sometimes if you want people to listen to you and you want to present something, it's okay for you as the parent to require that, hey, it needs to be done in a manner that's respectful to everyone involved. Right. And uh, for you, the parent, to try to model that as well in how you yeah, carry key. yourself. Yeah. So, for instance, in our family, we have, the, we have the immediate and exact obedience expectation. Where when I, when I ask one of my kids to do something, I expect immediate and exact obedience. And we've got that set up. And the kids all know it. Um, you so- know, I, I actually heard about the immediate and exact obedience from... Uh, book my mom gave me about the Duggars, the Duggar family. And I didn't really watch their show. And I know never seen it. there was, you know, scandals or whatever afterwards. But even so, I enjoyed the book my mom gave me. But one of their things when their kids were young, they would teach them a lesson of, you know, clap their hands and say immediate and exact obedience. Mm. And the mom would explain to her kids, look, you need to learn to have immediate and exact obedience to your parents. 
because when you leave home, you're still going to have a relationship with God and you need to learn to give immediate and exact obedience to God. Mm. And I thought, oh, that's that's a really cool thing where it's not just, you know, here at home, you're a kid, you know, immediate, exact obedience. It's who you're giving immediate and well, exact obedience to. What, what a great life lesson, though. What if you're in, I don't know, uh, you're on a basketball team, going back to the sports analogy, you know, immediate and exact obedience to a coach. Oh, that's the best. Having oh, coach the coaches kids, really oh, appreciate yeah. that. Or how about your boss? I know Trixie's boss loves her because she's immediate and exact. When somebody asks her, she doesn't lollygag and go, oh, I'll get to it later. And I'll then does play a great, on my phone. Yeah. And <laughs> no, immediate and exact obedience. So like, so a good example would be, you and know. She already got a, she got um, a raise yeah. like already. She's now she's like. She's training other people. <laughs> yeah. and she's, she's a star employee. Um, but for instance, like, so we would add. Now, now I want to explain like what an argument is not. So, for instance, I will ask Superstar, I'll say, hey, will you please take out the garbage? And she'll say, yes, Dad, and start taking out the garbage. And the yes, Dad lets me know that she heard me, uh, so I don't have to repeat myself. But then she starts taking out the garbage, and then she says, as she's taking out the garbage, she says, I'd be happy to, but this is Falcon's job. Remember how we changed it last week? Is she arguing? Can this wait until um, family council? No, this is not her job. And it's okay for her to speak up and say, yes, I, yes, yes, dad starts doing it. And as she's doing it says, by the way, this is not my job. This is Falcon's job. And it may just be that I forgot or, yeah. I, or I called the wrong person. And, that's acceptable. Yeah, that, that's how, respectful. How she, how she brings it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, um, well, that's what we're talking about. When sometimes things can't wait for family counsel. And so the correct way to deal with problems uh, or, or disagreements at the moment is it's still to be respectful. Yeah, still obey, like, uh, but say, are you sure? Are, are, um, you know, you may have forgotten, but we switched jobs. Well, I like that how she's know? already starting to do it. Yeah. Because maybe I did know, and I just wanted her to do it anyway. Yeah. So, but remember, and I guess that... But th- then it's just a respectful conversation yeah. of, oh, I know, uh, yes, I, I remember that. However, he's not here right now, and I need this done, and you know how to do it. Or, oh my goodness... You know what? You're right. I forgot. Cancel that. Let me, let's get Falcon. But thank you for your willingness to do it. Yeah. See how exactly. that, th- there, then there's like the mutual, mutual respect, respect yep. back and forth. And it just makes the house so much nicer when things are that way. Like, it's like night and day. Well, when so, there's that mutual respect, you respect the, your children, the children respect you. It goes a long way. Oh, it, it, it changes things. I've experienced both where, you know, I've, I've, um, I've gotten sucked into arguing and it really, it just, it really hurts the relationship Yeah, and you don't feel like a mature adult anymore and because you're not acting like one and yeah. it just. And you always regret it. Always. Yeah. But when there's that mutual respect, it's so refreshing. So here we go. Back onto this list of the do's and don'ts. I'm just going to run through these really quick. Do. Explain to kids, you know, question authority, but raise your hand first. Do. Do remember that it takes two to argue. Do remember that as soon as it, uh, ar- as soon as anger enters the equation, it's no longer a discussion. It's an argument. And remember to disengage and to attach consequences for continued harassment like we talked about. You know, hey, case is closed. Discussion is over. If you want to bring it up again, there's family counsel. But, you know, don't allow your kids to torture you. Yeah, nip um, it in the bud. Yep. Don't let it well, turn into... And, you know, we talked about this. You've got to have respect to get respect. The great movie quote. But also, uh, th- here's another thing, is re- 
One of the do's is you got to remember that kids' brains aren't developed all the way. And I'll talk about that in a second. And then another do is focus on what you can do, not on what they do. Remember, the only one you can control is yourself. And as long as you handle the situations correctly, it will work out correctly for you. You you can't expect everybody to do everything that you want all the time. Yeah, you may have a kid just totally disregard you, sneak out in the middle of the night. And, you know, know, there's only so much you can do as a parent. But you can at least, you know, feel good, you know, not have this conscience of, oh, gosh, I said a bunch of really hurtful things or, you know, did things that I shouldn't have done. It's nice to have a clear conscience. And then the last do is to anticipate issues and ideally reserve them for discussion during family council. So I want to go back over some of those. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about kids' brains aren't developed. You've got to remember that where it's interesting to me, it, it, it's really tough, especially as they get older. You look at your kids and they, especially teenagers, because they look like adults, but they're not. The science and psychology have clearly established that our brains are developing and we're we're becoming uh, we're able to, to process more information and to do more advanced thinking especially critical thinking not until our late teens even early 20s our brains aren't done developing until we're like 25 well it's amazing to me like when you're a parent forget psychology like if you've if you've even gone to school you know any high schooler knows that there's a big difference in maturity level between a freshman and a sophomore. Right. And there's a huge difference in maturity level between a sophomore and a senior. Mm-hmm. And and it, when you compare a senior in high school to a kid in college, you know, already in college, there there are huge differences right. in maturity levels right. and and abilities to think through problems and stuff. And so there's a lot of rapid development going on during that time, which is why you know people say steer clear of drugs during that time right. because well, but at the same there's time, a lot too, of really important well, stuff going on well, in no, development. At, at the same time, though, the, the logic portion of the brain is still under development. And so parents, by and large, are operating on a logical level and kids are operating on an emotional level. And it's two ships crossing in the night. And that's where a lot of these arguments come from, where where it's moms and dads uh, dad's dad's trying to explain something and the kid's operating on an emotional level. And uh, let me give it a good, a good example where the your 12-year-old has just shot out the one of your windows in your house with a BB gun. And you ask, why did you do that? What's, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? <laughs> they weren't. They were operating on an emotional level when they made the decision to do what they wanted to. Turns out they saw a bird and they thought that the window was open and they had the BB gun and they're like, oh, I wonder if I could hit that bird. You know, 12-year-old kid. Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be cool? I wonder if I can get out the gun, shoots, and all of a sudden realize, oh, wait, the window's not open. Shattered glass everywhere. If you were to ask the kid, what were you thinking? They'd probably say, I don't know. But if you ask them, was that fun? They'd say, yeah. Because they were operating on an emotional level. Their decision was based off of an emotion, an impulse, not thinking it through. And so a lot of times arguments just boil down to you gotta, you gotta, you have to address the emotional issue. You gotta meet your kid at an emotional level, understand that that's where they are when they're making these decisions and these arguments, whatever it may be, and accept it instead of, and so when you have the discussion, understand that. 
that they don't see they don't see the logic and they can't even sometimes they can't even understand the logic so you have to acknowledge their emotions emotions first and how how would you do that well like, for instance you know Johnny wants to use the car because if he can't use the car he's going he's going to lose out on his friends that's the emotion he's like i'm going to be lonely this is going to be sad. it's an emotional response and you could even say that say wow i, I see how that would be really discouraging and you know you're going to be lonely and you're going to, you may even lose some of your friends and how how tough that would be there's nothing wrong with saying that acknowledging their emotions but then you need to say nevertheless we agreed that you could only use the car if you filled it up with gas and got home on time and you didn't i'm and it really bums me out that you can't use it this weekend but see see how that really kind of softens the blow we're acknowledging the son goes, okay, well, at least dad understands me. Yeah. I don't understand him because the kid can't, he can't reason. He can't, he can't reason through. It's just his brain hasn't developed to that level where he can't, he can't understand dad's logic, but at the very least he goes, well, at least dad understands me. And if there's that relationship of trust and respect, the kid will go along and say, okay, well, this just really stinks. I, I did, I um, when we were preparing for this podcast, I did learn uh, one thing that that helps to transition between acknowledging how the other person feels and their perspective, uh, but one thing that helps is to put in a transition, because if, if your verdict is opposite of... Oh, of, transition words, sure. Um, you need to transition, like kind of give them a preparation. You're not going to like this. Yeah, exactly. This is going to be hard. You're probably going to hate me for this. Mm. This is going to be difficult. Exactly. Um, that gonna, goes a long this is way. very disappointing. Yep. Yep. But and that that also helps to to soften. Yeah. The, yeah. But but to yeah. so it's not like oh you feel this way. The answer is no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just say okay. Recognize how they feel and then transition. That's one of the do's it. when it comes to. Eliminating or avoiding arguments is to acknowledge. Yeah, the, acknowledge how they're yeah. feeling, but then uh, transition into if your if if your answer is contrary to what they want, mm. transition so it's not like a shock to them. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's a form of respect, acknowledging yeah. how they feel and where they're at. Uh, that's a respectful thing to do for them. Exactly. So that you're modeling the type of. Uh, of behavior that you would want yeah. from them. Well, and no, and you got to remember, and this is another point: was you got you can focus on what you can do and not on what they do. You cannot control another person. It's not about controlling others; it's about controlling yourself. Remembering that I did the right thing. I remained in control of myself, and accept the fact that even if you do everything right, sometimes it won't work out. But at least you won't have any regrets. Yeah. Where and we we had that experience with the the we had one of our daughters who worked and I'll make this story short. But we had one of our daughters working for what turned out to be a hoarder. Um, she had some psychological issues, and our daughters would clean house for her while she was there. And then they did a great job. And so she went on vacation or something, yeah. and was gone for like two months, right? Mm-hmm. And hired our daughters to pet sit. Pet sit, and. On the, shortly before she came back, the one of our daughters said, "You know, I'm going to surprise her. I'm going to clean up the house the way she likes." And so my daughter went in, and and she did. She she now again hoarders. You have to understand that like pretty much everything is sacred, and so you got to be real careful. But there were rotting 
moldy, open dog food and animal food cans on the counters. It was the, just covering the whole counter. It was, it was unsanitary. And so my, my daughter cleared that off. Just, just, a, just a few things. She didn't unload the house or anything. She just got rid of a few things. Well, to make a long story short, the lady comes home, freaks out. Because her house is clean. And goes ballistic and, and swears that all of her precious belongings have been thrown away in the garbage and insists that my daughter's go. And they rummage through this two-month-old dumpster filled with dog poop and moldy All stuff. All sorts of animal and, feces, yeah. And you contacted us about it, and, and we're like, no. no we're, that, we're, sorry, that, that's I'm that's not going to have my 12-year-old. <laughs> and so then the lady turned to you, Hannah, and said, well, then you do it. And you said, oh, you know, you did a great job. You you mirrored her emotional state. You're like, wow, well, I can see I how frustrated how she you was are. Feeling. I mean, uh-huh. I had watched the show Hoarders. I knew like yeah. how distressed distressed she must feel. Yeah, and you, you and did a great how job mirroring she was feeling. And I I recognized this. I'm like, so you weren't expecting this, and you're and, and you're, you're worried, really worried. You're worried your precious things are in the garbage, and they're going to get thrown away and taken out when the dumpster leaves, <laughs> and and that your my daughter somehow mistook your nice things for, for garbage. And it was just a big mistake. And that, that's where you are. And the, the lady's like, yes, yes, thank you. Thank you for understanding. And then. But she is. Uh, yeah. And she, so assumed, it meant she that, assumed that I meant I was going to do what she wanted. I'm like, Oh, you're going to. So what, what, what yeah, did you say? I said, I am so sorry, but I am not willing to. Dig to through go the, through, through the, the garbage. garbage. Yeah. I'm not willing to do yeah. that. I've talked to my daughters and I asked them what what they put in the garbage and I feel confident. Now this that, could have been an argument. Yeah. But and and because the late she was in a very agitated, highly emotional state, akin to say a teenager not getting something that they wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were calm and collected and you addressed her issues and you, you met I her said, emotionally. There's, there's just no way. It's not safe. It's not sanitary. And the, did she respond? Went, okay. How did she respond? She responded that she was going to get me thrown into jail. Yeah. So, so not quite. And she spread all sorts of horrible rumors. And yeah, it was, yeah. It was a and big disaster, so but. It was a disaster. And, but the thing is, is. I look back at the communication and I'm like, hey, I did the right thing. I did a good job. And my daughters did the right thing. They were trying mm-hmm. to be kind and they were very careful. And so it was is that, I, that, that sense of peace that you, you avoided an argument and you did the right thing. And that's that's all you can hope for. Yeah. It, peace it, of she mind. she wasn't doing okay and she she maybe yeah. wasn't able to handle it right because of her her emotional state. But I had the peace of mind of knowing I did the right thing. And it's kind of the same when you're dealing with your kids is sometimes, uh, sometimes your teens, for example, are troubled. Yeah. Um, sometimes there are things going on maybe you don't know about or There's always there, there are things other going on issues going about. on that maybe they're not in a good place. Yeah. But it's comforting if you know that you handled something right, yeah. and it's very it's very disappointing when you don't. Yes, because I've I've uh, had many instances where I'm like, I really regret that. Yeah. I regret that that came out of my mouth, or I did that. That was the wrong choice, and and then you like, and then you wonder, hey, if I had done this differently, if I hadn't done the, you know, could things have worked out differently? So mm. when you do the right thing. You know, it gives you that that peace of mind, that confidence of, well, I did the best I could. And so, but the other person does still have choices. Well, nothing's different, you know, with your kids. Your kids do have choices. So don't think of, oh, I can control them 
Um, well, that's a common mistake. Is parents think common, they can control their kids n- through arguing. Well, forget parents. They, I've heard, uh, I once talked to a psychologist who basically, I asked him some difficult questions, and he basically had the attitude of, well, if you were a perfect parent and you do this right and that right and you listen to your kids, you wouldn't have, you're not going to have these problems. As if kids are some sort of robots and that you just press the right button, the right buttons in the right sequence, and they'll they'll walk and do what you want. It's like yeah, no. you you can't control other people. So the focus of the not arguing isn't on being able to control the other person and their actions. The focus is on what am I doing? How, um, am I modeling the correct behavior? Am I, did I listen? Did I make a final mm. decision? Did I carry oh, my? Yes. Was I respectful to my child? And did I I nip arguing in in you know? Right. Don't get sucked in. Did I well? And, and did I I try to stop the argument from ever happening right. by setting boundaries for myself, saying, "Hey, that's not okay for you to talk to me that way." Mm-hmm. And. I'm going to set consequences for that. And that's not something we allow in our family. Yeah. And that's appropriate. All that is appropriate. And it's actually preventing bad feelings. So so those are kind of the boundaries you're working with. But don't think that, oh, that means everything's going to turn out hunky-dory. And right. your kid's going to do everything you want them to do. That's not reality. No, no, not reality at all. And then the only other thing on the do list was... To anticipate issues and discuss during family council, I just wanted to hit this real quick, is the time to resolve concerns is not when you are angry. The time to discuss the drinking problem is not when the person staggers in drunk. Wrong timing. So as I mentioned before, you know, when the, the, the best time to resolve issues is during family council. So if there's a problem and the kid comes to you and says, I hate this and my job's too hard, blah, 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 I say, okay, so you're saying the job's too hard and it's really frustrating. Yeah! Okay, make sure you bring it up in family council. Otherwise, it's going to keep going. So now the kid has skin in the game. Now they have a reason to be at family council. Oh, and by the way, if you're going to bring up this problem, you also have to bring up at least one solution as well. That's the rule. (laughs) And all of a sudden, the kid's now racking their brain. He has an eight-year-old kid going, okay, what solutions can I come up with for this? And they're like, oh, so-and-so could do my job. You know, I don't know what they would come up with, but they'll be, they now have skin in the game. They have a vested interest in making the family council successful. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, I, you know, as you're talking, it, it occurred to me, like, uh, for example, the timing is important because, for example, let's say you have a kid that broke a rule and uh, they were supposed to be home by midnight or home by 11 mm-hmm. and they stagger in at three in the morning. And, y- you know, you and your spouse have been up all night waiting for them to come home. You've been worried sick. You've been Mm -hmm. calling the hospitals. You've been calling all the friends, middle of the night, trying to find where your kid is. No parent has ever gone through that. No. (laughs) And they come in at three in the morning and you're like, oh my goodness, there you are. But you've been worried sick. And so there's this sense of relief, but then it's quickly replaced by anger. anger. Why didn't you call us? Why didn't you do what you were supposed to do? What is wrong with you? Yeah. And so, um, so back to the timing issue for something like that, it would probably be a good idea to recognize I'm upset. I'm, right. I'm, I've been emotionally Not high. The time and to... I, it's three in the morning. They're exhausted. I'm exhausted. The best thing, like if, if you have the presence of mind to do it, would be to say, we have been worried sick. We are so glad you're okay. We're so glad you're okay. We're going to have to talk about this later, but let's all go to bed. 
but we'll be talking about this later. But be prepared. There will be steep consequences. There will be consequences oh, to this. Oh, that's great. That's but great, But we are Anna. so glad you are safe. We have been worried so did sick. So you, did you show respect? Yeah. Did you allow for argument? Did you start an argument? Did you make a decision while you were angry? And exhausted? Nope. You avoided no. that. And you, you stayed clear or you, you made sure that you had the, the clear boundaries and you prepared them for, you're not going to like this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. so, so, but the thing is, is that's easier to said than done because when you're exhausted right. and upset, it's really hard to remember, oh yeah, what am I supposed to do? Like, what would be a better choice? So if you can remember this, great. If you don't, don't be too hard on yourself. Right. So, <laughs> so those are the, those are the do's. I just re- recap those. The do's are explain to your kids to question authority, but raise your hand first. Remember that it takes two to argue. As soon as anger enters the equation, it's no longer a discussion. It's an argument. So make sure you disengage and attach consequences for continued harassment. Remember that you've got to have respect to get respect. Remember that kids' brains aren't fully developed and you need to meet them and understand them and, and mirror to them the, their emotional state and how they're feeling. And of course, you know, focus on what you can do, not on what they do, because it's not about control. And then anticipate issues and ideally resolve them ahead of time in family council. Those are the do's. Let's go on to the don'ts. And here's a quick list of the things that don't do. Don't play games. Don't do tricks. Don't use gimmicky solutions. Don't manipulate. Don't think you can control another person, which we already talked about because you can't. And, um, oh, I guess that's it. So don't play games, tricks, or gimmicky solutions. And there are so many horrible ideas on this topic of arguing. When I, I was uh, doing reading on other, what other people have said about arguing with kids and stuff, and I, I, I watched some parenting things, I watched, you know, read a whole bunch of blogs, and you kind of know, they're, they're like, oh, this one trick, and it will make it so you never have an argument, or you always win an argument. It's clickbait, or, first of all. Um, but secondly, it's just false. Y- yeah. One trick to always win an argument with your teen. There it is. There you go. Click on it. Well, nothing exists like that. <laughs> how about, um, or how to argue with your teen. But the point is, you can have these little manipulative tactics like, well, first pretend to listen to them and then do this. And mm. <laughs> you know, what? tell me, what happens if your kid is listening to the same thing or reads the same thing or realizes you're just playing a little, doing a little tactic? We've actually seen that. And the, the, the mother knew that she was playing a game, a manipulative game, and the teenage son knew, and they both went along with it, and it was sick. It was really sick. And, <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about. And it about. made me want to puke <laughs> because it was so, it was just all sorts of messed up. You learned some little wrong. parenting trick, and the kid was just like, this uh, is so insulting. Eyes. And yeah. yes, mommy. <laughs> yeah. It was so, like, well, no, this whole thing. Like, and nothing against that book, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, but at the same time, there are just a lot of gimmicks and tricks in there. Yeah, like, oh, we'll get the person to say yes three times, and then it's easier for them to say yes the fourth time. Yeah. And Do you, you really want to be a car salesman with your kids? Well, yeah. So I've. I, what was funny is I read that book, and then like years later, I was buying a car, and the person trying to push the car onto me and sell the car to me was using all the little gimmicks and tricks from How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm-hmm. And I was just like... Oh, rolling my eyes. Well, no, but here's the thing, though. Because it, it's insulting. Yeah. And it's not respectful. 
it's not genuine mm-hmm. either. It's not, um, it's, it's insincere because instead of just being direct with the other person about what you want, what your boundaries are and, you know, uh, consequences or things like that, where you're being very direct, you're like, I'm going to do this little trick and it will trick them into doing what I want. And, and it's, uh, what, what type of relationship that is too. If you apply that to the family, like how many times can you trick your kids before it starts to damage the relationship? Yeah. Like, and, and also, we're all about establishing these relationships of trust and to never lie. Tricks are a manipulation, which are inherently a lie by oh. definition. And so you're lying to your kids by tricking them. And it's just, and it's disingenuous. And you're undermining, like I said, you'll never win an argument ever, ever. It always, it always ends badly. There are no winners. You, yeah, oh, wow, I tricked him this time. Well, what happens yeah. next time? No, it's a little boy who cried wolf. They'll, they'll wisen up. And then what have you done? You've, you've lost the relationship. You've lost their trust. And now they're getting wary of anything that you say. Like, right. what a great example. Like, no. So, and then. Um, well, it, and just to clarify, it's okay to read books like How to Win Friends and Influence People or. I think you should. Uh, yeah. To know um, the tactics of the enemy. <laughs> to know the <laughs> tactics of the enemy. But if you're trying, if your intent is, hey, I want to make people feel more comfortable. I want to have better social skills so that people feel more comfortable around me. And I, I, right. I'm more aware of of others. So your motivation there matters. But if you're like reading books like that of, hey, how to get another person to do what I want them to do, how to control other people. Well, no, okay. If that's your objective in reading books like that, it's it it becomes gimmicky and it becomes insincere. Well, that and... leads right into the next and the final of the don'ts, and that is don't think you can control other people because you can't. Thinking that because you did the right thing, the other person will do what you want is false. The expectation that you can control other people is false false. Uh, but here's the other problem is because when you think that, then all of a sudden you could become responsible for what they do. If I have that much control over you and you don't do what's right, then isn't it my fault? I, uh, when I was in college, uh, some friends of mine gave me a relationship book. It was called uh, The Rules. And it had all these little tips and tricks like, oh, never let anyone see you without your makeup on and, and never return phone calls and, and only like end conversations this way and that way. And it was just full of like hundreds of little tricks and tricks. gimmicks to, to get a guy to like you, how to catch that guy book. And it was, it seemed fun. You know, I'm reading, I'm like, oh, this is fun. This is, you know, this is, you know. Until she realized and, the guys didn't work that way. Well, no, no. And, and you the, try them and you're like, wow, that worked. Well, that not worked. the guy that you these, want. Yeah, yeah. Not the anyway, guy you want. Um, and, and these girls were swearing. They're like, hey, this works. This is great. Anyway, so, but I read this book and I, I had read, you know, read through it a little bit. Well, I didn't notice till later I get to the end of the book. And the end of the book goes, okay, so the guy proposed to you, you're married, and you got your guy. Well, wait a minute. He thought he married this girl. The rules can't end now. The tricks can't end now. You have to keep going and keep this up. You know, don't ever gain weight. Don't do this. Don't do that. Say always, always pretend you're happy. Never mm-hmm. let anybody see you sad or upset. Always do this. Always do that. And then they they made a promise. They said, hey... Rules girls, girls who follow these rules of basically always being perfect and, mm-hmm. you know, playing all these little games, 
and their husbands will never beat them. Their husbands will never go out on them and have, a, have an affair. And I like read that and I was like, what? What? So basically you're saying if a woman's getting beaten by her husband or, or he's, unfaithful. he's unfaithful, it's because it was because she didn't put her makeup on that day or she um, gained some weight or she, you know, didn't answer the phone the right way. I was just like, so all of a sudden she's 100% responsible for the bad decisions of somebody else. And it was horrible, but that was that was the mentality. And I've read other relationship books that it's the same thing. Oh, if you don't want your spouse to have an affair, um, you make sure you do these five things, and you can control that. And it's like it's it's the corollary is then if, if they do those they, bad things, it was your fault. Yeah, what a messed up view that is. Yeah, so you're 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 the guilty one. It's you. Well, think about it. parents who did do quote unquote all the right things, and their kids ended up messed up. The parents lived the rest of their lives in the just guilt ridden trance because oh, uh, poor me. I did, apparently I didn't do everything right because my kid didn't <laughs> turn out right. And it's like no, you do your best. But at the end of the day, the other person still has their agency. All you can control is what you do yeah that you have the peace of mind that you had respect so and you well, you I, I, I want to give an example i want to give an example because these relationship books drive me crazy also a lot of these self-help books the same thing or even parenting books they have this underlying theme that if you do this your kids will do that it like it's a math equation yeah. two plus two no they're robots four. you press these buttons in this in this order and they'll go off and do what you program them to do and it's not that way but i so I just I want to give a quick example of like when a kid comes to you and says, hey, I want to go to the rock rock concert or the, or the party or whatever. And you go, yeah, you know what? You get all the information. Listen, oh, so you want to go to the rock party? You think it'd be a lot of fun? Your friends are going to be there. You'll be back by midnight. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you're not going to like my answer. But um, your mom and I talked about it. We don't feel comfortable. We don't feel comfortable with that. This, this, we don't feel good about that. And the kid, be, no, mom and I, we, we did everything right. And mm-hmm. that's the right decision too, by the way. And... Because we did. We did. Something was wrong and we, he shouldn't go. And all of a sudden they start calling you names, making references to your ancestry, hurting their siblings, you know, following you around, bothering you. Well, wait, I thought if I did all the right things that that wouldn't happen. No. Even if you do all the right things, it doesn't mean your kids will make the right decisions. And it, and it won't mean they won't try to argue. They will. So just stick to your guns, attach consequences, be respectful, and and disengage. Do not get sucked in. Do not let them make you angry. And, if, and here's the key. If you find your kids are trying to make you angry through the use of arguing, that's a great opportunity for a teaching moment and to disengage by attaching a fee. You know, I just saw something on somebody's Facebook site. It was a complete stranger. They wanted to buy something from me on mm-hmm. Facebook Marketplace. But I saw something they had posted. And it said, if you are easily offended, you're easily manipulated. And I was like, huh. Well, because that's what it is. 
manipulation it, is. Yeah. This, oh, well, wow. Because once great. you get emotionally drawn into something, then you can like get that, manipulated. You can get manipulated. Yeah. So I, I maybe, our emotions are fickle. I mean, things. I haven't. I just read it yesterday, so I don't know. I, I'm, I'm still wrapping my brain around that one. But that's good. But but that that does seem to be the case. If you get emotionally drawn into these this and let yourself do that, then then you're opening the door for yourself to get manipulated. So just to finish up, to wrap this up, the, the last thing I wanted to talk about real briefly was just a few of the tools that Money Pants gives for avoiding arguments. Well, and okay, yeah. When we were going through all the different articles of, of about parents and arguing, a lot of people left feedback on different people's blogs, mm-hmm. and they would share stories of arguments that, that they had with their kids. And what we've realized when we were reading through those is that when you're using money pants, it actually eliminates most of the topics that that yeah. people argue about. Well, that's the neat thing um, about money pants. It, if you're implementing the whole the money pants system, it actually eliminates a lot of these problems that, right off the bat. You know, where the, the the argument about the kid at the store. This is the classic. The, you know, thirteen year old girl sees the keychain at the at the checkout aisle. You know, it's the cute little whatever teddy bear. She goes, "Dad, buy this for me." And he goes, "No, I'm not going to buy that for you. It's eight dollars. It's like worth fifty cents." And she goes, "You never buy me anything. I hate you." And whoa! And the dad goes, "How dare you?" You know, and he's there in line. He's he's feeling his blood pressure rising. He can't believe his daughter's throwing this little tantrum. And he gets in an ang- gets in an argument with her. Well, with money pants, it wouldn't be an issue because. The dad, she'd be, Dad, buy this for me, and he'd say, well, "Do you, Did have you your bring money? your money? <laughs> Do you have enough money for it?" I mean, there's yeah, that's it. yeah. It's, um, it, trust me, it's. I don't argue with my kids about this ever because they know. Yeah. Oh, sure. Did you bring your money? Yeah. Do you have money in your a, your we, fund? We never money, had that argument. Bank? Never had that argument. Absolutely, you can. And a lot of these arguments that we are reading on these blogs, they they disappear once the kids are responsible for their own jobs. And have their own money and their own spending plans. So, um, but, but here are a couple more tools that, and we've already mentioned most of these. But here are some of the other money pants tools. One of them is fees, where that's a that's such a powerful one. Where especially if you have other consequences associated with it, where if you get a fee, you won't get to go to the social activity at the end of the week. That that goes a long way. So the kids are doing everything they can to avoid a fee. But also there's the monetary. We talked about this too. The power of cold hard cash. That's such a great topic. But we talked about that where when the kid hands over money that they've worked so hard to, to earn in the form of a fee, in the form of a fee, it's it's a real great deterrent to anger. So fee, fees go a long way. And they also make me feel better because I use that to go and take the kids on dates. Um, interestingly, the job descriptions actually goes a long way to eliminating arguments in the home because there's no argument about when a job is considered done. It's right there. The checklist is right there. Yeah. If you're looking at the bathroom, you go, okay, is the mirror clean? Are all the smudges off the mirror? Uh, are, is the counter wiped? Uh-huh. Um, are the is, baseboards wiped? Is the to- ring around the toilet gone? Uh, uh-huh. You know. Is there a toilet paper in the toilet paper roll? Is there a clean towel in the, the, the holder thingy? You know, is the, the soap dispenser in the right place? Is is the yeah. is the faucet shiny? Like, it's all there Say, in the checklist. Okay, it's all there, except you need to get, tw- uh, the only thing missing, you need to get toilet paper for this bathroom. There's no arguing. Yeah. There's no emotions involved. And that's what you, that's just it. Yeah. Arguing, Everything's good, except you forgot, is, you forgot to clean the, the mirror. Arguing is just disagreeing with anger and manipulation. That's yeah. all it is. 
And so it eliminates that because, well, let's flip the script. What if the, the job was just clean bathroom, but there were no description? And the kid would say, well... Well, it I, becomes subjective. Yeah. And that's where arguments come in, where the kid's like, oh, but I didn't. I and, worked for 30 minutes in here. And it's like, well, but the mirror's not clean. I didn't know I had to do the mirror. You see how it just becomes an argument? So interestingly, just using the job checklist yeah. prevent arguments. So it, it's funny. It takes a little bit of work to set money pants up. But the nice thing, it's not really. one job. Not really. You, you, you do it once, it's set it and forget it, yeah. you know, type of thing. And it just eliminates all that stress through the rest of the year where, you know, parents are like, a lot of people, they don't want their kids to do jobs because they don't want to have to deal with the arguing yeah. of each time. It's exhausting. Yes, By it the is. time you're done arguing, it would have been easier for you to have done it yourself. Less How many times stressful. It would be quiet. Yes. And you could have just quietly and calmly cleaned the bathroom yourself yeah. instead of getting tortured. Yeah. So so it, anyway, it, it eliminates that. that's a bad lesson that. for your kids. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. Don't do that. Um, and then the uh, another one is job assignments for the year where... A lot of times with these rotating point charts, and we've talked about this, where rotating point charts, it's so easy to engender arguments. I cleaned the bathroom yesterday and it is dirty because of so-and-so's, it's the so-and-so's job today. And yeah, like, they didn't do a good job yesterday. And, and so, you didn't inspect and blah, blah, blah. And so I shouldn't have to clean it because they didn't clean it all the way. And, yeah. and then at the end of the week, it's like, well, how many times did you clean the bathroom? I did it four times. No, I did it three times. And you don't know. With the rotating jobs, it just... It engenders arguments. It, it, it prepares the family to argue. Whereas when we have job assignments and that lasts at least six months, but it's ideally so for a year, clean. it's also really easy. If the bathroom's dirty, I know exactly whose job it yeah, is. Yeah, you can't you can't say it was someone else's job because everyone knows it's yours. You've had the same job for three months, yep. and and yeah, it's it's one hundred percent your job. <laughs> and so, so yeah, it, it, money pants actually gets rid of room for argument by the way it's set up. Another one, mom and dad using money pants. This goes a long way towards eliminating arguments because mom and dad have jobs and habits they're working on in the home, assignments. And all of a sudden, it changes how you deal with your kids. When you are working on bettering yourself, when developing your superpowers you realize how difficult it is for your kids to be doing the same thing. When you have an assigned job and you're no longer the mom, the martyr, where mom does everything and cleans and does the laundry and everything, when all of a sudden it's no longer mom, the martyr, but it's mom, the team player, and mom's in there going, oh, wow, this really does change the dynamic. It has a tendency to switch the, the vibe in the home where arguing really isn't something you want to be involved with. Where before, if mom was the martyr doing everything, she would have no problem arguing with the kids because mom's angry at them already for not helping out. And so if mom's going to get her pound of flesh. She's going to manipulate, manipulate the kids into helping out or whatever. But once everybody, we, once the family develops this team mentality. Where everybody's agreed, everybody's... It, and everybody's it, working together. yeah. To help each other develop and, and to keep the house in order and to run the home and also to develop everybody's superpowers. Working together it, with individual responsibilities. It really changes the dynamic and the arguing just kind of has a tendency, not always, but has a tendency to kind of fall by the wayside. Because you're no longer arguing about who's going to do what and mom and dad, mom and dad are part of the team as well. And the kids go, oh, oh, mom and dad are, are doing these things too. And they see, it's just cool. It's really cool to, to see mom and dad developing their superpowers and helping out around the house with very clearly defined responsibilities. And that goes a long way. 
clearly yeah, defined it responsibilities. It actually eliminates a lot of fights between mom and dad. Right. To, uh, yes, it yeah. does. Because of clearly defined responsibilities. Yeah. De- delineated. Where it's clear. Well, you could have the same it's no, it's fights no between the spouse. Yeah, it's not yeah. unspoken anymore. I did this. I do the dishes all the time. So Why don't I you help you. out? And, well, no, yeah. there's this unspoken expectation. If mom does the dishes, that dad fixes the car. Or if mom does the laundry, that dad takes care of the lawn. And maybe dad doesn't want to. Or maybe mom doesn't want to. Or maybe, but it's never spoke. It's never, it's never overt. Mm-hmm. And so having it clearly laid out really does go a long way to eliminating arguments and fights. And then the last one is, we mentioned this ad nauseum, but it goes in here under the category of money pants tools that help avoid arguments is family counsel. Boy, does that help. Holding regular family counsel, even if it's once a month, but ideally once a week, holding family counsel. At worst, once a year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, and it can be five minutes at the dinner table. It doesn't have to be this elaborate thing where you print out agendas and everybody with their clipboards. No, it can be something simple, five minutes at the dinner table right before or after dinner. But just a family council. Okay, here's the new problem that we've run into. Effective immediately, you know, that nobody can be out past midnight or whatever. Just make sure you write it down. Well, yeah, that, that is key. <laughs> you do have to that write it That is one down. of the keys to family council. And we have that great podcast all about yeah. family council. So those are kind of all of our thoughts when it comes to avoiding arguments with your children. How Money Pants helps avoid arguments in the home. And if you like what you hear in this podcast, please... Tell your friends. They may want to listen too. And if you have a suggestion for a future podcast, go to our website under support and click contact us. Send us an email and we'll get right on it. And that's it for today. Enjoy some Falcon Jasper fabulous fantasy fanfare. We'll see you next time.